Hi, everyone. It is Jeannie Jill right here with another episode of Madlit Musings. And I'm excited today, like always, to have another author with me. And the author, we are invited into our studio from her house in some state that I'll probably ask her because I forgot to ask her before, is Ellie Gilbert. Hi, Ellie. Hello. <laughs> what state are you in besides the state of crazy like I'm in? Beautiful central Kentucky. Ooh, I love Kentucky. That's mm-hmm. a gorgeous state. Are you it a, is. Are you a native Kentuckian? I am. I grew up in the eastern part, but uh, have lived in the capital for a while now. So oh, that's okay. a fun place to live. That's cool. I like that. You still call it the kettle. So is there the, I'm trying to picture the state in my mind. Okay. I think I've got, I think I've got it visualized now. <laughs> So this is cool. So we are here to talk today about Ellie's first novel, your debut novel, which releases August 8th called Under the Blue Skies. And congratulations. First of all, that is amazing. I love first no- first time novelists. Thanks. I'm so excited. I mean, it's a, it's been a 40 year journey to get here. So <laughs> I'm it's- very excited. Right. I remember I was talking to a writer. Oh, gosh, it was about a year ago. And they're like, oh, it's taken me so long to get published. And they had just gotten published and had an agent and everything. And they'd been doing it for two years. I was like, oh, honey, honey, you are not the norm. And that is not a long time to wait. <laughs> right. Oh, fun. So you did um, Under the Blue Skies with um, the, I don't know, headship sounds like the worst world word, sponsorship, mentorship of Trisha Goyer. Is that correct? Yes. Awesome. Yeah, that's right. So that was a wonderful way for me to get my feet wet, learn what to do and what not to do, um, and just learn the industry. I looked yesterday, I pulled up the original piece that I had submitted for my proposal, and it was so different. Oh, just how much my writing has changed in the two years since I submitted that. So it's just really fun. It does. It's fun to go back and see how much your writing grows and the story evolves. Oh, she doesn't even have the same name. It's, it's <laughs> lo- lots of, um, I mean, the, the gist of the story is still the same, but it was very fun to see the difference. So I'm sending that out with my newsletter this month to kind of say, look where I started. And now you have the real book in your hands. So that's awesome. What you think? I love that. I love that. Well, tell us a little bit about the story before we dive into full on conversation, because sometimes I have a tendency to forget we should probably tell what the story is about. All right. Well, so we are set in Montana in this tiny little uh, town near the Canadian border uh, where all of uh, Trisha's Big Sky books have been set. So I created a character named Lavina Graber and um, Lavina has a limp that she's walked with her whole life. And she also has a scar that she's had on her face since she was um, a little girl. And so all of those factors kind of play into who she thinks that she is. She thinks, you know, I'm not good enough to be anybody's wife, even though that's her deepest desire is to have a family. She doesn't think that, um, she thinks that her physical features keep her from being desirable. So she's just committed to being a helper and she wants to help everyone. She's a little bit nosy, a little bit of a busybody, but, um, she, she's a helper. And then um, new guy in town, Thomas Smucker, comes from this very conservative Amish community in Pennsylvania, and he's ready to start all over. He's he's ready to leave his past behind and um, get started. New life, no ties. And about three weeks after he arrives in town, his um, 
niece that he didn't know existed um, is placed on his doorstep by the social services and his sister has passed away. And the only person who can take care of him is take care of the niece is Thomas. So uh, that upends everything. And Lavina again is, is a little bit nosy, a little bit of a busybody, And she is directly to the, to the assistant. She comes to his rescue. And so it's really fun to see this little girl who's not Amish at all kind of struggle to fit in with this Amish world. And then this, uh, confirmed bachelor has to be an instant dad and um, just a lot of fun misadventures that they have um, throughout the story and of course Thomas and Lavina come to rely on each other and, and learn to see each other um, differently than they see themselves so I kind of like it it's a it's a different trope from the standpoint you know you have like the tropes that are friends to lovers enemies to lovers etc and this is kind of like the trope of we're never getting married neither one of us for whatever the reason <laughs> so I, that's kind of fun I'm not sure I've heard too many stories where both both the hero and the heroine are like it's not going to happen for me yeah, she she decides she wants to match make for him and she's looking all over and she can't find anybody oh, good enough because shock. of course right she really wants him right she probably just has to come to that realization or does she have that realization but just believe it takes, she can't. takes her a little while and she's very embarrassed at her own you know desire she's so oh, no i'm you know i shouldn't want this but she kind of she learns uh, that, that god has bigger plans for her great things happen in montana i'm just gonna say my husband and i after we were married um went to montana every year for several weeks it's kind of like our go-to place when we're not here in wisconsin so montana is I mean, you could set every book in Montana and I'd be a happy reader. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So how much um, familiarity did you have with the Amish community before you started writing this? Because you said you're not necessarily an all Amish writer. Right. I had, I read a lot um, and have always been a big reader and I've read a ton of Amish books and I know, I knew enough to know that every community was a little different. You know, there are certain things that we know are the same, you know, the, the right. dress is, is pretty similar. They don't drive cars. They, all of that um, staying away from technology, but the rules in every community are a little bit different. So when I decided to do this and kind of started investigating, one thing I did was subscribe to the Amish newspaper. There's They have a national newspaper that comes out every week. It's like 50 pages long. What? Um, and it's, it's kind of funny. Some of it is really funny. Like it's, it's basically every little town has somebody who's a scribe. And in my story, Lavina is a scribe for okay. her town. It just reports the goings on. So like, oh. uh, you know, Uncle John has been sick with pneumonia this week, but he's better. And um, Susie is having a baby. And so it's all of that, like from every little town across the country. And then they do have some international um, places like where some missionaries have gone. Okay. So it's just, it was a real, like it's a trip to read it because it, it's just funny. So they write into it. And, and so I read that and I started to really get kind of a, a more clear picture of what they're real life I do think a lot of Amish novels tend to idealize that yeah simplicity and yes there's simplicity but there's also other other things and they struggle with a lot of the same things yeah. everyone else does yeah yeah there's some there's definitely some simplicity from the standpoint of things are slower because there's not as much technology and such but it doesn't make life less complex yeah, I think but- I don't think there's any escape from that 
unfortunately. I hear that a lot. A lot of people say, oh, I envy them because their life is so simple. And I'm like, well, I get that. But they are not untroubled. They, and as a matter of fact, it, it may be more difficult to try to live in a yeah. world where you're opposed to everything that everyone's trying to do. So it, they have their own set of struggles. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And have you ever been to Montana? I have not been to Montana. <laughs> so I had to rely on Trisha's knowledge, yes. lots of YouTube videos, and yeah. um, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Trisha lived in Montana for quite some time, I think. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's fun. Awesome. So, okay. So you have, you have a character in, it's Lavina, um, who has a facial, you said she has a facial scar and then she walks with a limp. Um, what made you go in that direction? Originally, I thought she was going to have maybe like rheumatoid arthritis or some okay. kind of uh, physical pain. Mm -hmm. um, but I really needed her to be a little bit more mobile and capable. And I didn't need her disability to get in, in uh, the way of her everyday life. So I tried to think of something that would be difficult. And basically, she has one leg that's shorter than the other. She was born that way. She's always been that way. But it's always made her feel mm. different. Mm -hmm. And so then uh, she gets the scar because her sister throws um, kerosene on a fire and it pops out and singes her oh. face. And so just to kind of add insult to injury and make her feel even more um, incomplete and, yeah. and rejected. So um, kind of toyed with a lot of different ideas. I have a, you know, an autoimmune disease and I really mm -hmm. think that like so many women deal with chronic pain and yeah. struggles. And I think that's important to see um, but but the original idea was maybe like a rheumatoid arthritis and I thought no I've got to have her moving a lot more and yeah. having a lot more energy and I know yeah. how that feels so yeah. yeah 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 you know there's so much chronic illness now and it just it throws me it seems like everybody I talk to has something mm -hmm. from a health standpoint that they're struggling with and how do you find that you know I have an autoimmune disease too so you know solidarity yep. um, <laughs> but how do you find the um ability to face each day with um joy peace contentment when you find yourself not necessarily fitting into some norm or the expectations that you have for yourself that is a challenge and I mean <laughs> honestly that's something especially you know ever since I was diagnosed I really struggled with that um but Honestly, just turning to my faith has made a huge difference. And it's really interesting to flip back through some of my old Bibles and journals, you know, when things were really hard, when I was really sick and things that I've noted, uh, scriptures that I've written down, things that mm. kind of have stood out to me. And I, those pop back up again and again. And so, you know, having that constant source of strength and inspiration really makes a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Um, it's interesting how your old self can sometimes encourage your, new, your current self. But um, so how did you incorporate um, some of that personal struggle, personal lessons, so to speak, journey into Lavina's own story? I really wanted her um, to be able to overcome that feeling of of being less than. And I think that is so common for so many mm. women uh, for whatever reason, you know, we compare ourselves even in the Amish society where they're supposed to be so humble and selfless, they still compare themselves to one another. Yeah. Her pies are better than mine. Her garden's better than mine. Um, but I wanted her to be able to see herself as mm. the way that God made her yeah. flaws and all that, that those are part of who she is. And those 
you know, are opportunities for her to um, be an example to someone else who has to, to go through struggle. So I really wanted her to come to face that lie that she believed that she wasn't enough and, and realized that God had made her just exactly the way she was. Yeah. And she was going to serve a great purpose. Right. Right. Why do you think women do the comparison thing? I don't know. It drives me crazy. I mean, have a 18 year old daughter and, and she's I'm really thankful because she's very, um, self-aware but mm-hmm. you know we deal with that you you hear you know friends will say things and I'm like she just doesn't know who she is yeah and I think that's a lot of it yeah I think you're right there's that there's that comparison and then you know I was I, I was posting something on Facebook today in one of my private groups and we had just my family and I just had a car accident this last weekend and I was doing this post because it's funny how you can go through a struggle, whether it's a chronic illness, facial disfigurement, a car accident, et cetera. And yes, everybody's fine. Um, we did total our vehicle, but you go through each one of these situations and you want to be vulnerable. Well, I do anyway, maybe I shouldn't, but you kind of want to be vulnerable and you want to have a community around you that you feel that support from. But then even as I was posting, I'm thinking, oh, I probably shouldn't say anything and I should internalize this because my problem is so infinitesimal compared to some situations where their children are in their hospital or somebody was just diagnosed with cancer and it's terminal. You know, I'm like, this is a car. We can replace a car. Yes, our life dreams have to change some. And yes, finances take a huge hit. But um, there's that comparison even of trial. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I don't have a question in there. I'm just <laughs> No, I think that um a lot of times I think it, like my test is my testimony strong enough because I really I mean I haven't had yeah. any horrible life experiences. I've had normal life experiences, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't have a a Saul to Paul kind of story and I think oh gosh, I just really don't have anything to say, but I've learned no, that's not true. You know, even mm-hmm. a daily struggle is something someone else is enduring mm-hmm. and I can talk about mine so that they can um, learn how to deal with theirs a little bit differently. Right. Absolutely. So how does community or does community play into your story as far as Lavina's own maladies? And then you have Thomas with his own, whoa, I've got this kid. Um, how does community play into that? It does. And and that is one thing in um, Trisha's story world they are a little bit of a different Amish community. They're very open with outsiders and they have lots of relationships um, between English and Amish people. So I tried to keep true to that, that okay. her best friend is still Amish, but there's still a strong um, influence from other people. And so, yes, she has at first, this was one of the things that we worked on in the story. I kind of had her being more withdrawn okay. and, um, one of the first drafts it was like, let's give this girl some friends. She needs help. She needs support. And so I thought, yeah, that really makes more sense because she could never do all of these things on her own. She comes from a big family and she relies on them for support. So mm-hmm. yes, community comes into play. Um, she has a, a secret. She's, you'll learn it pretty soon in the book, but she has a secret and the only person who knows it is her best friend. Like okay. her, she doesn't tell her mother, she doesn't tell her sisters, just her friends. So, mm-hmm. um, that's you know keeping that secret from everyone else is really difficult for her yeah yeah well that yeah that can be very ostracizing in and of itself when it's a secret and you're not sure who you can trust with it and how it's going to affect everything around you so I find that interesting so you have a heroine who's got um these physical 
elements that she struggles with. She's got a secret she struggles with. She's got dreams that have essentially in her mind been thwarted. And then a little bit, I want to kind of go back because you had mentioned the question is the thing you know, she's asking, like, am I less than? Um, and I think that's a question everybody relates to. So when you're asked that question, whether it's in your life or whether it's in story form, how do you answer that? You know, depends on, I really think the point in your life when you're confronted with that. Mm -hmm. And there have been points in my life that I thought, yes, I am less than I don't deserve. I'm not worth this, but that's really something that I have learned is that I am who God made me. Mm. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm four feet, 11 inches tall. I'm not a tall person. This is how he made me. There's no point in me wishing that I could be taller. I do wish pants fit a little bit better, <laughs> but you know, that's it is what it is. So, you know, I always felt like, you know, I can't play. I, I can't be an athlete because I'm tiny. Um, that's okay. That's mm -hmm. not who God made me to be. And so really coming to know who I am and accepting that this is who I am. These are my strengths. These are my struggles. Mm-hmm. And, and just kind of letting God use me however he wants to use me, not maybe the way I thought I would right. be used. Right. Quite often not the way I thought. So that's, that's, that tends to be kind of his MO. Like, you know, we think we know what he's doing and then he's just off the, I was going to say off the rocker, but he, he's not off the rocker. He's off the radar or map or whatever. And you're like, where are you taking me, Lord? Because this is not on my GPS. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So just a fun question. And I know authors get asked this a lot, but when you wrote this book, did you have a favorite character or scene or something in your research that you can share with us? I really did like Lavina. And the thing was, when I started writing her, I didn't like her that much. She was kind <laughs> of salty about a lot of things. And I, I, she grew and changed throughout the book. So I really did enjoy her by the end. She was someone I wanted to be friends with, mm -hmm. but my favorite character in the book is Lavina's dog, Gus. <laughs> I love that. I have a dog, Gus, and she has a dog, Gus. And they're the same dog, except her dog is well-behaved and, um, fully, you know, trained and, and not, completely off the hinges like my poor little precious guest but um that he's my favorite because he's always doing something you know he's always trying to beg for a treat or somebody to give him a belly rub he's kind of nosy just like she is so he's he was fun to add into the book yeah I find pets are always a fun addition to a story I think they're that neutral character that everybody can relate to unless for some reason you don't like animals no, he, he helps her bond with little Emily. So it, it, you know, serves a really nice purpose, but he is definitely, my mother says that's that she's offended that her grand dog is not portrayed accurately in the book because <laughs> he is not, not well behaved. Well, the advantage is you could kind of make that your thing through all your books to come. You could just have every book, have a dog named Gus, but with a different personality type. <laughs> yeah. And he's such, he is a good dog, but he just kind of, he's a, pandemic dog like he doesn't know what to do without yeah. us here and Aww. he's just he's a mess <laughs> a sweet little hot mess yeah the, he's stretched the club, at the Gus. door several times like why why can't I come in there mom <laughs> yes my cat is actually locked in the closet scratching at the door wondering because if if I let him out he'll have batted everything off the computer and this podcast would have ended about 20 minutes ago <laughs> oh fun well Ellie 
How do readers find the book? How do they find out more about you? And what's the best way to be in touch? Okay, well, my website is elliegilbert.com and it's E-L-L-Y-L-E, not I-E like normal people. Um, Like my mom, you know, I'm not even an Ellie. That's not even my name. I'm Sarah Ellen. And so I got Ellie for the shortcut and it's not spelled the way people want to spell it. I love it. I think it's great. You know, it's fun. Uh, So E-L-L-Y Gilbert.com. And that has all of my social um, media information. You can sign up for my um, newsletter. And I only send it out once a month because I physically cannot manage more than once a month (laughs) on a news. The people who send them out every week, I'm like, how right it takes the whole month for me to think of what goes in this newsletter but uh so you can connect with me there you can find the book on there it's on amazon it's on the sunrise publishing page anywhere you buy books it's up for pre-order um if you order it through sunrise and maybe through nook you can get it a little earlier on um ebook i know that they released it a little early but if you order through amazon it will come out august 8th Awesome. Sounds good. And for readers, if you do read the book, I'm putting this plug in because every debut author needs this really badly. Leave a review. Wherever you buy your book, leave a review. You have no idea, one, how much that encourages an author and two, how much that helps the author be found by new readers. So right. That used to be my thing. Like I was just a book reviewer and then I got sucked into the world of writing. So that's kind of the next step. It's like, yeah. it's probably a bad way to say it, but reading is sort of your gateway drug into creating your own worlds. Yep, it is. For sure. Well, Ali, this has been so much fun getting to know you and um, looking forward to your book, Under the Blue Skies, an Amish novel written by Ellie Gilbert, presented by Trisha Goyer and Sunrise Publishing. So thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me.